0: Hello and welcome to the Chime 30th Anniversary Podcast, where we are celebrating three decades of dedication to the digital health industry and the leadership therein. I'm Russ Branzell, your host for this podcast and the president and CEO of Chime. Each week until the Fall Forum in San Antonio, we're spending time with a digital health leader who's made a significant impact on Chime and our industry. Today, we welcome the board chair from 1998, Ed Kopetsky. Ed has a long and distinguished career. He has served as CIO of three prominent health systems, including Centura Health, Sharp Healthcare, and now out at Stanford Children's. He has been a partner at HealthLink and before its acquisition by IBM. And he is senior VP and CIO, as I mentioned, since 2009 at Stanford Children's out in the Bay Area. He is one of the pioneering CIOs, a founding member of Chime in 1992, and since then has contributed so much to Chime. He's been a board member, a board chair, a driving force in so much, especially in our opioid task force, started in 2018. Matter of fact, 2018 was the year that Ed received our highest honor in Chime, the CIO of the year. He is a personal friend, a personal mentor, and truly an inspiration to so many in our industry. Ed, welcome to the program.
1: Well, Thanks a lot, Russ. Uh, really great to be here and uh, know you all these years as well. Thanks much.
0: Well, Ed, we all have our own little unique Chime story, how we got involved, you know, kind of our journey as Chime has gone along in our careers. Uh, I know yours is rather unique. I'd love to hear your Chime, your Chime story and your Chime experience.
1: Well, sure. I, um, you know, we were early in the industry, and uh, a lot of things were changing. There was a, a focus more on patients as opposed to just revenue cycle systems, and uh, the industry was maturing rapidly. Uh, and I remember there was a lot of bad relations between vendors and health systems, and, and a group of us got together in Palm Springs, and I think it was late '91 or in the summer. And uh, I, you know, I wasn't even going to go to the meeting, but Bill Spooner was working with me and said, Dad, you ought to go. It's only an hour and a half drive." So we got together. There were about 40 of us, and yeah, we played around the golf, but we sat around in little round tables and started sharing. Uh, experience and lessons learned, and advice, and it was so amazing to sit there and talk to peers with the same challenges, maybe in different timing. But from that meeting, uh, Chime was launched, and you know, I really believed in it because there were a, a learning objective to learn from each other and advance things, and be a partnering objective that there was no way we could do it with the relationships we had. We wanted to build bridges between vendors and us and, and it really has worked. I think chime literally helped change the industry and you know, that's a long time ago. I'm not going to count the years, but <laughs> it just seems like it's continually gotten better uh, and better over time. And, um, really has helped everybody on a win-win level, uh, both sides, vendors and, uh, and and the community of health systems. And, you know, I I had the great experience of being able to experience that from both sides, first as a CIO founding member, and then I uh, joined HealthLink and I, I was elected as a foundation member on the board for three more years. So uh, it was really an awesome experience to both see and witness it and experience it from both sides. Yeah.
0: Matter of fact, 1998 was your board chair year. And uh, the reason that was an important year for me personally was I have my membership certificate signed by you personally, the year I joined, even though we had met each other a couple of years prior when I was still in the military, but uh, yeah, the year I got to join Chime was the year you were chair, and I still have that certificate hanging in my office back at home, so no, I'd love to hear a little bit about maybe what your fondest memory was, it, whether it be of your Chime year as, as chair or some other thing, it could be personal, it could be professional, everybody's got that great story of something that's just one of their fondest memories.
1: Well, you know, there certainly have a lot of memories accumulated over the years, but I think one of the most things I'm proud of is that 1998 was a long time ago, and yet myself and the Chime Board that year saw a value and an opportunity in inviting our lead physician partners. We didn't have CMIOs back then, Um, and we actually had over a third or half of the members bring their physician partner for the first time to the conference. and it really helped, uh, build bridges. It helped in, uh, communicating differently. And actually it helped us all on the technology side say, there's no way we're going to innovate healthcare without the physician partners in the room. And, uh, I think to me, that was one of the things I'm most fond of in looking back through all those years. Um, we, we saw stuff early and we acted on it. And, uh, you know, and this came about following that. And, you know, as you know, we've got CMIO boot camps today and we're we're very heavily partnered with our clinicians. And I if I had a small role in that, I'm very thankful to have been to have done that. So,
0: Ed, as you as you mentioned, matter of fact, you are the only person in the history of Chime to be elected, I believe, both as a CIO member and as a foundation member to our board of directors. And that and, and that really is a testament to your experience and in, in the wisdom and the ability to really lead in multiple environments. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that unique experience, that what you brought to China, what you brought to the industry, an ability to work in very different environments, but really in the end, kind of the same aim.
1: Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, you look back on that and uh the lesson was always be a student. And I learned so much um in executing and building a team and all that, but jumping to the so-called dark side, I learned all about uh the need to change personally from being an expert to being somebody to come along and help others raise the bar. And uh I know we talk a lot now about servant leadership, but fundamentally that's what that taught me was I didn't get a dime of business when I was an expert. Uh, It was only when I reached out to people to help them with their agendas and listen to them um, that we (laughs) then we scored tons. And you know, it's just kind of interesting. Everybody has unique environments and unique dynamics And there is no one size fits all. I mean, I've been in large multi-organizations. I've been in uh, specialized places like Stanford Children's and the leadership teams are different. The boards are different. Um, That's what the consulting side taught me. And, uh, you know, we were very successful, which helped a lot, but we were never going to be unless we brought in the best and did our best. And, uh, We put our whole focus on uh, quality of service and 100% referenceability, and we actually tried to live up to it. Uh, And that taught me a lot about, not everything's gonna go right. Um, The best thing you can have is a trusted partnership and dedication to each other. And when we built that, no matter what issues we came on, we resolved them, we compensated for them, we learned from them. And, and mutually moved on, and uh, it was a really a big honor for me to uh, have been, you know, have that opportunity to work on both sides, also then to come back. Uh, after that, I left IBM and came here to Stanford Children's, which I had built a relationship and supported for seven years before. Um, but, you know, a lot of the lessons of building a consulting firm we were able to do here, and I think uh, one of the great things was we appointed a service area leader for every major area of the business. They're like their mini CIO. They're required to meet with those business areas like the cancer center or a heart center uh, twice a week. And we have trusted partnerships with all of our business areas now. And it it was really a uh, uh transference of knowledge from building a consulting business where we had market area leaders. And uh, nobody knows business like the people that are working in it. And if you can effectively partner there and leverage both sides of the resource side, you're going to really move the needle and innovate.
0: And I remember when you were at HealthLink, I was one of your customers, and I don't think there was anybody better and making sure the relationship was number one than you and it truly is a testament to you and the team you work there our friend Ivo and so many others but well I mean that really kind of leads into this next part of this is over this period of time where we're doing these 30th anniversary podcasts and really in, in in culmination at the fall forum we're trying to pick traits and principles kind of those those things that affirm what we believe is chime and but not just chime but the person well, i tell you what, I, I get to do all of these, and there's probably not a better word than the word that we're describing, hopefully for Chime, but more importantly, you, and that's the word mentorship. Uh, you grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and uh, and gave me lots of pats on the back and a few times a little kick in the tail when I needed it, but you've mentored so many people over the years. You have helped so many people in their careers and move up. There's just names everywhere in this industry that's got your fingerprint on them. And so, why is mentorship such an important attribute for you and such an important part of how you lead?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I think back to a phrase I learned as a kid, not always in good circumstances, uh, but, you know, the, the, the comment what goes around comes around. And I learned mentorship from being mentored and i had some of the best mentors in the world in multiple places that i went starting in college starting in family frankly before that and then afterwards and i learned that i there was no way i could do everything know everything complete everything without help and you know um I think, in the end, when you say, okay, what worked best was that I listened, you know? <laughs> I i mean, I was shocked sometimes when people said, no, your presentation has got way too much detail in it. Executives only want three bullets. And you know, and you go, oh, I'm offended because, you know, I dreamed of it. No. The best thing was to learn from others and share and give to others, and it all comes back. and. uh that's all I can really say. I mean, I I've counted at least eight people who I've worked with who've become CIOs in the industry and very successful ones. I I know there's at least five or ten more in the pipeline and you know, and it's just such an honor to look at what you can influence by giving to others and uh helping others and I mean I have friends for life and uh from all these positions from 30-some years ago. And, uh, I mean, that to me is a great value to have, you know, friends and relationships. I I mean, today on any problem, I can make a phone call and get to the bottom line really fast. And it's just amazing. And that's through trusted relationships. And I, I come back to Chime and other organizations like this that have done that to build those bridges, to put together task forces and work teams and collaborative groups and, uh, you know, I just, it's been a a long time of doing this. That's why I'm really, you know, really honored to be, have been part of all this, Russ.
0: Well, I don't know if it's four decades or five decades, but uh, Ed, you've been doing this for a little while and doing it really well. I, I remember you were one of my faculty members back in 1996 in the old CHIME IME series, which was only around for a few years, but it was really the predecessor to our CIO Boot Camp program, which has been yep. successfully running now for 20 years. Um, and so you've always been there helping shape and guide this next generation you're talking about. And, and we do, we have a new group of leaders, a new digital native group coming up. You know what, and you're there still today. Helping shape and guide those new leaders in your organization. Those, and I've had some of your leadership team in our boot camp programs, and they're great young leaders. Uh, really, kind of find their way in the industry. What do you think? It's most important in this near future for us as the industry continues to change and maybe change at the fastest pace it ever has before. What do you think are some of those things we really should be helping focus those people on to be successful?
1: Well, I think I will always preach and promote networking and building trusted relationships with others, whether that's colleagues or whether that's clinicians in your organization, whether that's vendors, whether that's schools where we might develop training programs together. Um, It never fails. And the number one uh, success factor of our consulting firm was exactly that. I think the second thing is don't go it alone. Always bounce ideas and concepts and lessons learned off others, because the more people with their eyes on it, the more thorough you're going to have input on issues that may be brand new to us. And, you know, I think one that's right on our front door right now, Russ, is the workforce. uh, I don't know what we want to call it, workforce uh, readjustment that's going on uh, post-COVID and the you know, the move to go to a lot more remote. And, uh, you know, I don't think we have the answers on that. And I have some concerns about losing connection to our core mission, which is patient lives. And, uh, you know, I saw outsourcing in my days. I I both did it and brought it back in house. And I just, uh, you cannot replace dedicated people that are tied in from their heart to the mission of our organization, not through a contract, but your your heart and your your personal emotional bond. And uh, that's the thing I'm kind of scared about right now. And I think it's something we got to talk about more. Um, I think it's like this panacea of everybody going remote, but what happens when there's an emergency and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what happens when there's a lot of change going on on the front lines and I, I'm just very concerned that we, we don't think there's a magic bullet here that it's really a very debatable issue about how we're gonna realign the IT workforce for healthcare and ensure and it's adequate and supportive and, you know, um not in recovery mode. That's an example where I think we we can all help each other talk through it. And uh and I think different markets are gonna have different demands. You know, I, I was talking to the CIO of Intermountain, and I was on a, on a conference, and we were, I was saying how tough it is in the Bay Area. We're losing a lot of people. They're moving out of state because of the cost here. And at the end, he said, thank you, Ed. They're all coming to Utah. We have no staffing problem. <laughs> okay. So there's different perspectives and, and different market conditions that really are good for learning from, I think. Well,
0: I I think the thing I've always loved about you, Ed, is you're always willing to share. Not only do you want to learn, but you want to share that learning. And I think the greatest attribute of a A great leader is the more leaders that they produce, and you definitely continue to do that. So great thanks to you and everything you've done, and really since the beginning. And you have been around since the very beginning of Chime and the very essence and DNA of what it is and what it continues to grow and be. And you've made great contributions along the way in different hallmark moments. But one of those moments, um, both from a very personal perspective, but also now a very professional impact on our industry uh, is the work that came out of our opioid task force and the work that you co-founded with Jim Turnbull, one of our dear co-friends and a guy who probably still owes both of us money from the golf course. Uh, but most importantly, this is this is a story of personal passion for you and and also family tragedy. I'd love to give you a few minutes to to talk about your story and really the the, the passion now that you've embraced now in helping to do whatever we can to contribute to improving this this situation
1: yeah well sure thank you Russ uh as you know our family was impacted our son uh suffered from addiction and uh after almost five years of full recovery uh uh there was an accident so to speak and he passed away and um uh you know it was devastating uh but you were there, and I think in my exhaustion, I said something to you and Ivo and Jim and Dana. And something good needs to come out of this. And uh, you know, you were the one who called a couple of days later and said, "Hey, we talked after all that, and why don't we start this opioid task force?" And <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to help. I, I, you know, I've been that's been in my roots, I, and that's why I chose healthcare. Way back when. I was an engineer in systems engineering, but I chose healthcare to work in because I wanted to improve things in here. And it was core to my thoughts, uh, but I was exhausted. Anyway, two days later, I called you back and let's do it. And Jim and I launched it. You know, I think number one, uh, someone gave me advice to be a culture champion. That's how I could help most. Uh, here I was a parent. Here I was, a healthcare professional, a CIO, I mean, the opioid thing epidemic was hitting everybody. There wasn't an income qualifier on it at all, it was affecting everybody. And then we had these capabilities of bridging our uh, presence in the industry, bridging our capabilities across vendors and health systems, and uh, I I couldn't believe, and three months later we launched that, and within six months we had a book written. By clinicians for hospitals on how to do better stewardship and management of opioid prescriptions, and then we raised money and kept it going. And uh, I, I just, I mean, there was a cause, there was a purpose. It found me, uh, and uh, I'm really grateful to have all the support I got from Jim and Patty and you and everybody else who's in Aldridge, Bruce, um, all of it on the task force. It's amazing. You know, even today, we continue to move the needle and stay together and uh, uh, push the thing. I, I think I think we've increased awareness. I think we've made a difference. I think we, whether directly or indirectly, lives have been saved, and, and we are going to continue this for a while, because I think, as you all know, uh, during COVID, we had a 30 to 40 percent increase in mortalities. We're way... Right back to where it was at the peak, and maybe worse. And we now have fentanyl uh, in the in every street drug out there, and we have kids in high school, you know. And so, again, I found a mission through all this. Uh, I'm so grateful and honored to be part of leading it and being supported by so many people. I think it speaks to the heart of Chime and all of our members. Uh, we're here to improve the lives of people in uh, healthcare, and, uh, uh, you know, we play a significant role. And it's not, I think think the other thing I learned through this, Russ, was we're not just IT leaders, we're healthcare leaders, we're we're the top, and, uh, yeah, we play a role with technology, but we're right there influencing strategy and direction and priorities, and, uh, you know, hats off to everybody who helped in this thing. You
0: know, Ed, you, you said it really well, and I try to remind our team at Chime as, as often as I can, there are people alive, there are people that are not addicted today because the work that you and that team did, and and there are people that will never know, they will never know why they're okay, but I'll say thank you, Ed, for everything you've done, everything you did in, in turning a tough situation for your family, a horrific situation, into a real positive thing for thousands and millions of people across this world. So, thank you again, Ed, for everything you did. My honor. Thank you. Well, th- this is my favorite question on these podcasts uh, coming up here, and, and that is, and 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 really for you because you're the you're the second person that I get to say this to out of the three that kind of jumped into my life. And really helped me along, and that's those people we want to say that special thank you, show some gratitude. The the shoulders maybe we climbed on early in our careers, and they helped us get where we need to be, and 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 giants in our eyes, that really were an instru- instrumental part of of our walk in our in our tenure in this industry, and and for for me personally, it was you and John Glasser and Skip Hubbard, all people that. Um, for some reason, took a little bit of a shining to me and said, hey, we're going to help this guy along and kick him in the tail occasionally and and get him straightened out and really help him along in his career. You were a huge part of that. And I want to say, hey, thank you, Ed, for for being that person for so long in my life and still to this day. But I'd love to hear who those people you want to say thank you are and show a little gratitude for being in your life.
1: Yeah, Rod, Russ, that ain't a short answer. I mean, I could go on and on and on. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'll I'll hit a couple. I think, you know, I want to acknowledge Rich Correll, who was your predecessor and uh, started, helped start Chime. And, uh, you know, was just diligent about making it better every year. And uh, I'll never forget uh, at the end of my term, I was on the board seven years and it was the 14th anniversary of Chime. And I was walking back to the room with Rich, uh, not to our same rooms, but different rooms. But I said, Rich, can you believe I've been on the board half the life of Chime? And he about dropped to the floor. He hadn't thought about it that way. But, you know, uh, working with someone like that and and, uh, from a startup to where Chime is today, and uh, I think, you know, he deserves a shout out. Uh, You know, certainly Bill Spooner, who uh, everybody knows. I started working with Bill at Sharp when I was 30 years old. Uh, we spent 10 years together. We moved the needle and did the first integrated uh, health care system on a market level with uh, seven hospitals and 2,000 physicians. And, you know, we were pioneering together. And when it was my turn to leave, I I turned it over to Bill and recommended him for the role. And I think he ended up retiring from there and making huge waves in the industry. But more importantly, he was a mentor to me, and uh, yeah, maybe I to him a little bit, but uh, we've remained in tight friendship all these years. Uh, Bill's on the opioid task force; he's one of the key contributors, and you know, it just goes on and on. And certainly, I want to thank Bill, or uh, Bill in particular, also Jim Turnbull, who uh, got me through a lot for you know some of those tough days, and you know, just really had the energy to co-lead the opioid task force at the beginning and, you know, help steer the, the priorities and the outcomes we achieved in those first couple of years and uh, always will be a great friend of mine. And just currently, I want to thank, you know, the co-chairs, Patty Lavely, Bruce Cerulo and Susan Aldrich for that. We continue to work together every work week, multiple hours and, you know, solicit other help and, uh move that move the program forward so uh again i could go on and on and on forever i i i would just say i i've gotten way back way more than i've given and uh uh, you know i'm really thankful
0: well as we as our time ed is coming to a close i'd love to hear maybe some final thoughts maybe some final words to uh all of our Chime listeners, our industry listeners out there, some maybe some final wisdom from uh, the great Ed Kabetsky.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't have a lot of wisdom, uh, but I would say when I look back uh, where our role started and where it is and where it's going, I think we should never lose sight that we are the champions of change and innovation in healthcare. And uh, you know, that's not a that's not an easy role. You've got to. See the light, and then you got to get others to follow the path toward it. And uh, it's not just the technical skill; it's an influence role, and you got to have credibility to do that. You know, and you, uh, and it's not just technical credibility; it's trust, and that people want to follow you. And I think, uh, if anything, I think our role has expanded to whatever you want to call it—chief digital, chief innovation, whatever. But The point is we are the key partner in moving the needle in innovation in healthcare right now. And uh, while we struggle with, you know, basics, we gotta always keep the end game in mind that we're out there, you know, to modernize and innovate in healthcare. So we're doing better patient care, uh, better prediction, better intervention early and uh, integrating things so that when a patient shows up, we know everything. About that patient, not just you know the cut in their arm, we also know the meds they're on and all that kind of stuff. and I guess, as I mentioned earlier, you cannot lose by always focusing on networking and learning from others and uh it it's mutual, so it, it's a it's a great great thing to keep doing.
0: Well, Ed, uh, great appreciation to you. Great thanks for everything you've done for this entire industry, for everywhere you ever served, but uh, making it very personal, Ed, thank you so much for being a very special person in, in my life, my family's life. Uh, you and Jen are some of the most wonderful human beings on earth, and thank you for just being a friend for so many, but for me personally, thank you for being on the program, Ed.
1: Thanks very much. Uh, thank you for all your leadership too, Russ. It's phenomenal.
0: We'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for this very special episode of our 30th anniversary podcast series. As always, you can visit us on chimecentral.org forward slash media or Spotify for this and all of our amazing digital health leaders. As we continue to work our way out of this pandemic, please stay safe and God bless.